Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. It's me, Chris Denson, your gracious host, coming at you once again. We're, we're uh, bald in brotherhood. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> in case you guys are tuning in for the first time ever, the show covers ideas, innovation, creativity, smart people doing smart things in the world. And today the buck does not stop. <laughs> Say hello, Dallin Larson. Thank you, Chris. Great to be here with you. I love your haircut. Thank you. I, j I just got it um, to about 15 years ago. So, <laughs> nature gave it to me. Uh, I'm just going to start off with an acronym. Can I do that? Mm -hmm. Vision, action, steadiness, assure your outcome. That's right. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Well, as we were getting ready, I've been in direct selling for 30 years and uh, retired in 2014. I was I didn't do retirement very well. I was bored out of my mind playing golf about every day. I wasn't making a difference in anybody's life. So that's that's a long story. We probably won't. Weren't going to go today, pro in the, on the golf circuit? Yeah. I got my <laughs> handicap down to a two. That was pretty good. And I came home one day. I shot even par. I was one under after 16. No, I was two under after 16. Went bogey, bogey. I've never shot under par. I was so mad. Oh. And I shot even par, you know. So my wife says, why are you so upset? I said, well. Yeah, I had a I had a chance and I let it slip away, but I'm really upset because I'm just not doing anything to impact anybody's life anymore. Right. So golf, come on. I mean, it's fun, but you know what what difference are you making in the world? So decided to get out of retirement and start one final company. And to be honest with you, try to come up with a name. It's hard to register a name, you know. Absolutely, it's, it's hard to find a name that nobody's used. But so so a friend of mine actually had this name that he had registered Baseo. And so I said, okay, we'll take that name. And about a couple months later, before we launched the company, I was thinking, that's got to mean something. People say, <laughs> what does Viseo mean? Right. So I came up with that acronym, uh, Vision, Action, Steadiness, Assures Your Outcome. So I believe that anyway, that you've got to start with a vis vision, then you've got to put action behind that vision, and then you've got to be steady. And if you do those things, then your outcome, you have a chance. Yeah. Right? But it all starts with vision. With those three things, are, are, is there one that you personally struggle with or um, or excel at? Vision, action, steadiness. I think you've got to be man. You got to be balanced in all three of those areas. Um, I've always I've I've always felt like I'm pretty good at vision, what I want in life, and I'm one of ten kids, so I had to act if I wanted to. Wow. You know, get food in my belly at <laughs> night. So I've never had a, an issue really uh, going to work. I've worked hard. That that's overcome a lot of deficiencies in my in my uh, intelligence, perhaps. I wasn't a very good student in school, but vision and then action um, and then being steady. That's probably the one area. Yeah. You know, because we live in a, in a society where it's, man, it's hard to keep people's attention for more than 24 hours. It's hard to stick to your guns in light of that, right? Because people's attention, right. they, it darts all over the place. And so if you do have that clear vision, yep. the steadiness is what keeps you going despite like... I, I completely agree with that. So so anyway, we, we launched this final company a um, little over two years ago in Las Vegas, um, end of May of 2017. And so we're two years into it. And having a lot of fun and helping a lot of people—that's yeah. that's why that's what we wanted to do. So for for the layman, um, what is Viseo? So once you got the name, you, you said, "All right, let's stuff these products into." Okay. Good. Well, Viseo is a direct, Viseo is a direct selling company. I don't know your audience if they're aware of of, of, of networking or direct selling. Two of them are smart. Just so you know. 
you got a big following, Chris. You <laughs> do a great job. And you got that the silky smooth voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> sorry. You know, when I hear a voice like that, I said, man, that's a great voice for radio, you know, but you've got you're, you're a you've got a great voice and you're a you're a good looking man as well. Oh, well, thank you. Just full of compliments. <laughs> you just interview me from now. <laughs> so anyway, so I got involved. Uh, I had 12 careers after college. Right. And I just couldn't find what I was passionate to do. Uh, I was raised by parents who were married 62 years in Idaho. I grew up in the potato fields of Idaho. Seven wow. boys and three girls. And I always tell people my parents gave me roots and wings, not loot and things. They, uh, I'd go up in those potato fields every morning at 4 o'clock, move those irrigation pipe. And uh, that's when my vision for life really started as a teenager. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> no, I would pray for rain every day and it never rained, so I'd get up and have to go move those pipes. But that's where I, right. I dreamed that I could see a world outside of those potato fields. And I did. I've now been to about 80 countries around the world. And that's it all amazing. started when I was a teenager believing uh, that, I could, that I could go out and see a world and create a life for myself. And so I, I graduated from college and uh, barely graduated from high school, by the way. I got the lowest college entrance exam of, of anyone you'll ever meet. It's a 13. I think it that feels is, like a, How did you know that? It feels like a world's record. How did you know hey, man, that? I, I, wow. I know some people that know some I people. I try to keep that secret. You know, now you've got hundreds <laughs> of thousands of people who know. Why am I listening it's to this It's all about guy? possibility. It's not. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and some people blossom a little bit later in life, and that's true. So, But I... I, I had 13, 12 or 13 careers. My mom called me one time and said, Dallin, when are you going to find something and stick with it? That's steadiness, mm -hmm. right? And I said, Mom, when I find what I was born to do, I've got one life and I'm not going to compromise that life. I need to be passionate right. about what I do in life. And I found this industry and it provided me a voice to be able to speak into people's lives. And as a result of that, 30 years ago, I've helped create two global companies. This will be the third one. Helped create hundreds of millionaires. Um, paid out billions of dollars to families around the world. And I look at my own sister. In fact, when I started this industry in 1991, I called all nine of my brothers and sisters, said, I'm getting ready to start a company. Y'all ought to come and join me. And none of them would listen to me because they knew me too well. Yeah. Except for my sister in San Diego, <laughs> who was the most desperate of all of them. Right. She had just gone through a divorce, had five kids, two of them with cystic fibrosis. And she was trying to figure out how to put food on the table. And I said, Colette... You know, come and come and join with me, and I'm going to do everything I can to help you. And she, she was desperate, and desperate people, like we say, do desperate things sometimes. And even network marketing, that desperate. So uh, she got involved with me, and that's a, to make a long story short. She went from eight dollars an hour to a million dollars a year in earnings. She lost one of those girls to cystic fibrosis, but the other one, she she made enough money. Colette did to buy that daughter of hers at the Stanford Medical Center two lungs and a heart seven years ago. And um, I believe absolutely saved that daughter's life. Wow! So that's the, you know, those are the stories yeah. that get me out of bed, get me on planes, trains, and automobiles, because I know that there are a lot of people like my sister who, who need help, who are looking for something. They don't know what to look for. And if Viseo can be the answer to, to some of those folks, to provide them with a vehicle to be able to, uh, to bless their family and to be able to, uh, to ring the bell and to be there, then then great. And that's, I'm 60 years old. I just turned 60. I, I did, like I said, happy I did, belated birthday. Wait, wait. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. But at this stage of my life, I say I'm on third base and I'm going to finish. I want to finish my life strong. And I just want to, this is a get to for me, Chris, not a have to. This industry has blessed me more than I deserve. I've made more than I'll ever spend. 
So this time it's about helping as many people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and go to work and create a plan B for themselves. I think the economy is changing a lot. I mean, certainly with social media, it's a different world, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It was just a couple of years ago. We all see that. And I think artificial intelligence is going to probably replace a lot of humans. And so I think that, that everyone would be wise. I mean, my, my dad grew up in the clothing business. He had one job for his whole career. But that's not the world that we live in anymore. Things change so rapidly now that you have to reinvent yourself constantly. And you probably better have a couple of streams of income come into your life. And yeah. one of them goes away, which with AI coming on, a lot of people will be will be displaced with robots and things. So. It's already happened. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that stood out to me as far as that, that uh, story with your sister is the idea of trust. Right. Mm. Um, like you said, no one would jump on board with you in the beginning. Right. And she was the one who took a leap almost out of desperation. But then absolutely out of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> and then over time, right, you start to build trust and rapport yeah. and it becomes repeatable. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about that angle of it, because, you know, I think there's in this industry, there seems to be skepticism, but right. a vast opportunity. And that's fair, Chris. I mean, there's. There's like an in this in the industry. There's best in class. Um, there's I, I've been at this business now for 30 years. There's days I love it, and there's days I think, what the heck am I doing in this business? You know, but but in the balance of things, I love what this can provide for people. I love the person you have to become in order to achieve some level or, uh, of success. Right. Because, because it requires a lot of discipline. Um, a lot of sacrifice. Um, it doesn't come easy to people, um, but I'm I wouldn't have it any other way because that's life. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy, I relish the uh, the the battle in life because that's where character is forged. Nothing in my life has come easy, um, but I've worked hard. My parents taught me how to work hard. You know, my we used to have a garden, a big garden to, to raise ten kids. You know, we we ate the garden food, the vegetables a lot, and. My, my brother, I'll never forget one day, probably 20 years ago, he went up to my dad, who's since passed away at the age of 87 a few years ago, and he said to my dad, Dad, you know what? I got my computer out, my calculator out, and I figured, you know, why did you have us grow that garden? Because we could have gone down to the store and bought those tomatoes that I was weeding that, that tomato row. Uh, it would have cost us less to just go to the grocery store and buy those tomatoes. And my dad said, Randy, that would be true if we were uh, – if we were raising tomatoes, but we were raising kids. I'm grateful for parents who had wisdom enough to not be right. afraid to, to teach their kids how to work hard. That's, that's, that's really served me well all my life. Um, I find that a lot of, there's a couple of things, right? Age again, that journey starting out, it's usually a lonely one in the beginning, right? Mm, like sure. getting and even <laughs> yes. within the network, right? Uh, um, how, how do you handle that loneliness, especially uh, even with this acronym starting with vision, right? Yeah. A lot of times you're the only one with the vision, and then everybody's like, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> well, I've thought a lot about that, Chris. In fact, I spoke at John Hopkins University to their executive MBA students a few years ago on leadership, and one of my points in leadership is that leadership is lonely. But I'm also a big believer that, that families, that, that companies, that countries uh, rise and fall on leadership of the lack thereof. And if you're going to be in leadership, you just have to realize at some point that you're going to be alone. Yeah. And 
I don't know how you're okay with that, but I, I've learned to accept that. Um, it can be lonely. And you asked me about trust. You know, I think trust is a very interesting word. And a word I'm thinking a lot of lately is, is uh, intention. Mm. When people get into direct selling, there's only so much they can do. And a certain amount of their future is, is out of their hands and it rests in the hands of the owners of those companies. And so, man, you better make sure they've, they've been there before. They know what they're doing. They've got the, the wisdom uh, and leadership to be able to lead um, and to build a global company. Look, if building a network was easy, Donald Trump would have been successful. He tried and failed miserably. Zig Ziglar, one of my favorite speakers of all time, tried and didn't make it work. Very few yeah. people can make it work because it's not an easy business. He also model. makes that suit work. What's that? He also makes those suits work. Yeah, the, that's right. The signature weird that's suits. That's right. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I just think leadership matters. Products are important. All of those things are important. But nothing is as important as leadership. It's interesting, though. You know, I, you think about uh, – let's talk about Steve Jobs for a second. Um, he goes away. And, and look and what the, happened. Right. And, so, and then – but when you are such a public-facing leader, right, and it's yeah. like how do you build a system by which if you did decide to walk away, that yeah. it's, it's a self-sustaining machine? That's, a, that's another really good question. I look at Lee Iacocca, who just passed. Mm -hmm. You know, he couldn't pass it down because he was the guy, right? And Steve Jobs, look when he left, I mean, the company was in trouble. He came back and he kicked every, you know, he basically told him it's my way or the highway, get out of my way, lead, follow, or get out of the way. And that was kind of his approach. It worked well for him. And now you look at Apple now that he's passed. I thought when he passed, they were really going to struggle. That's I was uh, me too. That was my assumption. I'm, I was, I'm actually pretty surprised, but he obviously was able to pass on some of his leadership and, and vision to others who have carried that on and even grown that. One of my responsibilities at, at Viseo and, and the responsibility of any leader is you better be mentoring people so you can pass that baton so that your vision outlives you. Yeah. I would consider myself a failure in if – well, I'm, that's probably a little strong. I, uh, I would not be pleased if after I pass away, if what I have started today uh, doesn't continue yeah. for a couple of generations – so it's almost like the test is, you know, and I've managed teams before. It's, it's almost like, can you go on vacation? That's a micro test. Can can you go on vacation yeah. and not have to make a phone call, respond to an email or anything in return? And, you know, nothing has fallen apart. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know. That's not a question per se, but it's just like, how do you begin to test that sort of philosophy of, of leadership? And, and is your system or your vision or your philosophy working? So. Well, in this business that we talk about building something that's passive and, and walk away, very few people are able to accomplish that. My sister has. I mean, she's earned a check every week for like the last 30 years. In fact, if she were here today, Chris, and you said, Colette, how much did you make your first few months in that business? She should say, I don't know. They're still paying me. That's what's possible. <laughs> it's great you know, it's, it's rare, but it's possible for me. I mean, I've hey, this last the last three months, I've been to 13 countries around the world. We went on a. You know, from, from Greece to Germany to Switzerland to Hungary to all, you know, where else? Holland and Denmark and Russia and different places. And I wish I could say I got away from the business, but I didn't. I was making phone calls. But I like it. If, right. if you love what you that's, do. And that's a big difference. Yeah. That makes a difference, isn't yeah. it? I mean, a mentor of mine said, Dallin, if you chase your passion and not your pension, then you'll never work a day in your life. I'm passionate about what I do because I love helping people. Yeah. And, and 
doing significant things and growing things. So it's not worked for me. I'd rather do this than play golf. Uh, thank you for acai bowls. <laughs> I just had one yesterday, yeah, and I was like, good. "Oh yeah, this part of the reason acai bowls got acai got so popular was in a large part due to you." Well, back in 2005, when launched Monavi, very few people were aware of of acai, and uh, it's an amazing berry that's grown in the rainforest, and that was a great chapter in my life. And uh, yep, I'm a fan of acai bowls as well. <laughs> uh, so why why CBD? Why like why is it when you when you come out of retirement and you do your Michael Jordan? Yeah. What uh, why why CBD? Well, Carrie, her, her well, I'm, we can't get into any product claims and stuff, but I just think that there's a lot of of uh, benefits with CBD that I was reading about it and hearing these stories of people. But it was also illegal. So I said, look, we can't start the, a company with a product that's not legal. <laughs> that's, that's pretty pretty obvious. <laughs> but with the passage of the Farm Bill, um, we realized that, hey, it's like the wild, wild west. There's going to be a lot of companies get into CBD. And we decided, hey, let's go out there and do it with excellence. So we've got the world's only that I'm aware of, Chris, the world's uh, only liposomal patented CBD product that's THC free, that's organic compliant, that's non-GMO, that from plant to package is made and packaged in the United States. And it's working like a charm. I like to call this patients in a bottle. I take the oil now and I'm a pretty stressed guy. You know, I've got a big you know, business to run and traveling all the time. I take two of those droppers of CBD oil. I'm telling you, I feel like I can breathe. It yeah. really calms me. So if you know anybody who's angry, that's stressed out, that's frustrated, me? Um, <laughs> then we need to get you some of this oil and I want you to Think see how you enjoy it. But but yeah, that's that's so it's it's definitely a, a category that's 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 gonna explode. And I believe that we've got the finest in, in C B D. One of the things I'm the most proud of, by the way, is a two year old company. We were just we just received an award uh, from an international organization as one of the fifty top global healthcare companies. Wow. We're the only direct selling company that I'm aware of that was mentioned. And this, there was, there was several I like how you bought, bought homework. This is great. Several thousand companies that, that they considered. And to be honest with you, I was pretty shocked. I mean, I've, I've earned some awards in my 30 year career. They gave me the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Congratulations. Thank you. But that was, but none of those were as meaningful to me as this award. Uh, look, a top 50 global healthcare company two years in, this is what they... This is what they rated it on. Five categories. Overall reach, industry impact, future readiness, market demand, and spirit of innovation. And that's the one that I'm that I like probably the most, the spirit of innovation. Because when we started this company, I didn't want to do something partway or halfway. I wanted to turn nutrition on its head because I've seen supplementation now for 30 years. I've helped build two supplement companies, and I just haven't seen anything really innovative. Right. But with liposome technology, where you take the nutrients and put them inside of a fat bubble, that's what Big Pharma has done for years with drugs. And to my knowledge, we're the first nutrition company that takes multiple nutrients and put them inside of a fat bubble with the purpose of increasing the absorption of those nutrients. Most nutrients that you put in a supplement are just not absorbed. They're destroyed in the digestive tract, and so it's, that's why so many doctors kind of poo-poo nutrition and supplementation generally. But poo-poo was a great phrasing for <laughs> so, digestion. So, there you go. <laughs> but but putting those nutrients in liposomes, it's very innovative, and so 
I'm pleased with. I'm satisfied that we've got products that are that are blessing people's lives. Okay, so it almost sounds like you did some reading and then you started a business. But there's a, there's, some, <laughs> there's some steps in there in terms of truly understanding the science behind it and like the educational roadmap of getting from inception to you know a company on paper to the action yeah. part of your your acronym. Um, kind of walk us through that. Like, what was the edu- you know that education to action part of? the inception of the sale? Well, thankfully, I've got three decades of experience. So when I decided I was going to come out of retirement to start a company, I I did it based on I'm not willing to do it to just have a Me Too product. If I can't find something innovative, I'm not doing it. And I wasn't. But when I found the liposome technology and some people that that I could work with that understood that science, I said, okay, I've got that. That's good. Now I've got to make sure I've got great partners. I found those partners. One of my partners is Dan Zhu. He's Chinese. I think we're the first direct selling company that, with Chinese and American ownership. Wow! From day one. So, so, why, so yeah, part of the website is you. The, I mean, language East wise, you West. can yeah, you can change to Mandarin, right? Right. And yeah. so, two years in now, we've got about half of our business is in Asia, half of it's in America. We're we're out about a hundred million dollar run rate right now as a company, which is pretty pretty good sized company. After a couple of years, we got thousands of people making some extra income every week and. Some of them making a lot of money. I'm taking our top leaders to Hawaii next week, and I just got back from uh, Santorini in Athens, Greece, uh, about six weeks ago with our top leaders. So I like to reward people and take them, and you know, take them to places that they probably wouldn't go generally, and pay their way and and help create memories. Life goes fast, Chris. I mean, you're young. I'm telling you, my dad used to always say, "Dallin, the older you get, the faster the ride," and it's true. In my experience, the older you get, the faster life goes. So I want to savor every day. I want to help as many people as I can. I got back. My intention for this company is to grow a company organically, to keep it private, not take any private equity, not go public, and bless a million lives. And one of the ways we're doing that is we've we've started this foundation over in Africa where we're drilling wells for kids. Wow. And I just got back a few months ago, and I'm telling you, it's special. There's over 2,000 kids we really ought to be talking about this. There's over 2,000 children under the age of five that die every day in Africa oh, because yeah. they don't have access to water. Yeah. No, Isn't that's that nuts? True. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the, like eight airliners going down every freaking day. Well, the whole domino effect of it, right, is, you know, kids aren't going to school because they have to walk right. 10, 20 miles to get water. That water's not going to cause diseases. Like, there's so many. It's such a huge Where's the domino hope? cause. It's hard yeah. to find hope in that in that situation. So what we've done, we've we're over there now. We're drilling wells. It costs $7,500 to drill a well. There's another organization. I, I think some NBA players just started this, and I applaud them, but it costs like 45000 for each well that they're, char- that they're building or drilling over there. I don't know why it's that's so expensive, but we're doing it for $7,500. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> 70, we, we drill down 150 feet and to fresh water, and we put these wells right next to schools so the kids now come to school with their bucket – Fill up their bucket full of water after school and before school and take it home to their moms, you know. And so we've got about 150,000 children now in Africa that that have access to fresh water. Look, I wanted to build a legacy company, Chris. I didn't want to do something partway. A legacy means it outlives you. I know this, that we've already started a legacy company with Viseo because I know this, that long after I'm gone and my time on earth is over – that if we don't drill one more well, there will be about 150,000 children that for decades now will be drinking fresh water in 
in Africa, and that's a legacy. That's the, and that's the real work, right? Like uh, yeah. on on top of everything. Else. I love it. Um, I was going to ask you something, and then I looked it up for myself. I was going to ask you what Dallin means, and then I went to which a, a, a tell me because I don't know. Well, here's a, 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 I didn't write down what it means, but then there's a numerology behind your name, which yeah, I tell was me. like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, if I can read my handwriting, hold on. People with this name have a deep inner desire to use their abilities in leadership and have personal independence. They would rather focus on large, important issues and delegate the details. Wow, that's true. Um, where where did you learn your leadership style? I mean, if you if you come from potatoes, hmm, right, yeah. and your dad has a lot of quotables, it sounds like. So I'm, I'm excited to read that book when it comes out. But that's a good question, Chris. I just wasn't. I mean, I was in a rock and roll band in high school. I didn't care about education. Um, but as I when sat, you had the long hair. Was it the? I, long I had hair some days? hair back then, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the long hair days. Um, the summer before my senior year, uh, a dam broke in about 20 miles from my home. It was on CBS News. I remember it was June 5th of 1976, and I sat on a hill in my town and watched my town um, destroyed, and everything that my that my father had worked for. My mother and father, like I said, had 10 children. Um, that was a pivotal moment in my life because that night my dad gathered all of his children together and we, and we got on our knees and he said a prayer. And I'll never forget it. He said, God, thank you for preserving the things that matter most. And um, man, I realized that's the type of guy I want to be, you know, that has priorities in life. I realized that as a 17 year old. After I graduated from high school, I jumped on a plane, the first plane I'd ever been on. I, I spent six months in Israel and Egypt and Jordan working on a kibbutz. And because I'd made some money moving those irrigation pipes, I said, What do mm -hmm. I want to do this with this? I want to go see the world. So I spent six months in the Middle East. That was a pivotal six months in my life um, that, that taught me some things. And then I spent two years on a mission. Um, and going out and talking to people. And that's probably where I learned to to open my mouth and have some courage to just share things yeah. that you're passionate about. Um, but then after that, I had 12 careers, you know, and some people would call that a failure. But for me, it was like, no, I was learning different things. And you have to search for things until you find it. That's been my experience. And I, I wasn't I didn't stop searching, but when I found this industry, I found my home and I've stayed in it for 30 years. And the stories that I get from people on a, on a regular basis about, about how their, their lives have improved because of what I've started, man, that's a lot of psychic income that I get. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you probably can't speak on it, but anecdotally, I mean, things that I've heard, you know, everything from arthritis to PTSD to autism, you know, just things where. Chris, don't get me in trouble here. <laughs> I'm not You're I'm killing not, me. I'm not saying it cures anything, but, but <laughs> like, I mean, these are really heartfelt stories. And, and yeah. you know, I think that's just one of the things that, that keeps you going. Well, we've got a product that's anti-aging that's great. I got a product for sleep. I'm telling you. I don't know how you sleep at night, Chris, but this this melatonin I've got in the sleep in liposome. You take four squirts of this. Fifteen minutes later, you're out. But like we can't, we so we can't treat, cure, mitigate any disease. These aren't drugs or nutrition. Um, I just say get on the product and see see how it works for you. Um, obviously, I don't have a product that grows hair on my head yet, so I don't know if that'll ever be 
coming out. But, you know, this is your secret lab in your basement. I really don't want hair. How about you? Do you I'm, want? I'm fine. You, you know, you got a good looking head. Yeah, man. but sometimes like a, I would, I would want to have like a little high top fade, or you know, just like at least be able to switch it up. But you could grow it. You just choose to shave. I can see the hair. I can you just feel if I grow it, it'll be like you know, it'll look like a baby chimpanzee. <laughs> it was just like a little peach fuzz. You know. When I, I, I don't know how old you were when you shaved your head. I was in my mid-30s, I think. I was in Washington, D.C., and I was supposed to, I was at a business meeting, and I looked in the mirror, and I said, man, I'm so freaking bald. And, I, you know, I had patches here, patches here, so I shaved my head. Yeah. And then I went out for a run, like the Washington Monument. I'll never forget that feeling of, like, the wind blowing through my bald head, and there's no hair there. And then I went to the meeting, and I felt like I was naked. I was so like nervous, <laughs> so self conscious like, about so it. So self conscious, want to shave my head, but but look, you know that's okay. I shaved it and uh, and I've never looked back. Yeah, you don't need to. It's, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing back there. There's nothing there. <laughs> There's nothing back there. Um, switching gears a little bit. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess this year you started putting together a, a board. You know, there's a, yep. a couple of really amazing people on the board. Um, I think. And I'm on the board of a couple of different organizations like HubSpot and Pluto TV and, and a few others, but um, it's a very different business model. So what does a board, like what role does a board play in sort of direct marketing versus, yeah. you know, an app developer? Well, wisdom and help with the vision and direction and to keep us on track you know, in this business and any business, it's probably a lot easier to say yes to opportunities than no. Yeah. Um, one of our board members, for example, is a friend of mine, Maria Ramirez. She's a woman from New York, an Italian woman that's a ball of fire. I love Maria and George. Uh, she She's the woman that the Wall Street Journal called the world's foremost financial forecaster. And if you're fortunate enough to have the world's foremost financial forecaster on your board, to talk to you about finance and making sure that you're doing wise things with your money, yeah. then that's a good thing. So she's one of our board members. I'll see her next week in Hawaii, uh, along with James Bramble, another member of our board who is, uh, he's, uh, he's a, an attorney. It's important to have good legal advice in this business, as in any business, to make sure that you're, you know, obeying the law. So I try to surround myself with people who, who have great strengths in areas where I'm weak. Yeah. And I think that's a sign of leadership. I mean, I think anybody who thinks that they've got all the answers, crazy. That's crazy. And anybody who thinks they've arrived, that's crazy, too, because we never arrive. We just keep, you know, we're getting up and we're trying to do a little bit better it, today. It than always yesterday. changes, always evolves. Yes. Um, speaking of that wisdom, you know, over the years, been doing this since the 90s, culture changes a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was Maria who uh, had a quote around the idea that partially due to, so I guess, the cultural appetite for the gig economy. Um, yes. You couple that with just sort of we're all a little bit more multifaceted than previous generations. Like you're not just a teacher or you're not just like you yeah. have multiple expressions of self. Um, is this a sweet spot? And obviously CBD, right? The people who are more, let's call them recreational in that, <laughs> in that arena. But now there's solid business opportunities. You know, this is a, a sort of a perfect storm. Had, had you thought about that part of it at all? Well, I wish I could say yes. I thought all of that, Chris, <laughs> but probably not. Right. I just, um, I think I realize that, that we see more change in one year, probably in our lives, than my grandfather did in, in 85 years of living, right? Um, I mean, I've traveled more the last three months than, than my dad and my grandfather traveled in a combined 160 years. 
So that's just the world we live in. It's it's fast paced. It's rapid. It's ever changing. People spend more time looking on their phone than they spend looking in the whites of their eyes or their spouse. It's you know some of the things uh, you know. <laughs> maybe I'm getting old, but I kind of sometimes I, I long for the days of of uh, before so much was at at our Absolutely. fingertips, uh, where relationships seem deeper. And I do believe that some of the challenges we're having with a society right now is because of so much negativity on social media where people can hide and say whatever they want without a name, you know, or just I just don't like it. I don't I don't like the negativity. Um, and, and so how do we counteract that? I'm trying to build a culture. Every company has a culture, either by design or by accident. Viseo has a culture. I, I, I love the culture that we're creating of giving back, serving people, regardless of your race, your religion, your um, sexual preference, any of that stuff. Everybody has value. I like to think of it as like a my mom used to make quilts. Yeah, I think of like a quilt, you know, and you've got all of these or a tapestry and all these different beautiful colors. We all come together and try to respect one another. My mom used to say, look, if you can't say something nice, Dallin, don't say anything at all. She also said, try to leave this place a little bit better, whether whether we were going camping or whatever. So even to this day, when I'm walking around, I see a piece of paper, I have to pick it up or a wrapper because my mom taught me that. Oh, yeah. So I just I want to create a culture where people can can respect the differences in each other and and learn from other people and yeah. listen to other people. I don't think and, we're in an era like where tolerance is low. Oh, boy. It's like every other hour, somebody's in trouble for something they did 10, 15 minutes or years ago. Like, it, it doesn't matter. And so, and I think that's a big part of it, right? The, the patience or the kindness that we show toward one another is very much reflected in how we behave on social media. Yeah. And it's just like... It was it was uh, Wayne Dyer who said, if you squeeze an orange and what comes out, orange juice, if you squeeze an apple, what comes out, apple juice, what happens when the pressure's on you? Like whatever comes out is what's in you. And so I think it's almost, it's almost like a, a purge of sorts <laughs> societally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know, I when I was a little kid, my parents used to drag me to church and I didn't like it. But there was a man who would stand up every month and he would repeat these words. And I, man. I knew every time it'd stand up exactly word for word I was going to say. And I was like 10 years old and, and his name was Clyde Luke. And these are the words he would say. And I think we would all be better off if we would listen to these words and try to apply these words in our lives today. Um, so that there's less division, hate, anger. Um, you know, <laughs> I thought sometimes if there was another planet that came and invaded us, all of a sudden we would be one world, right? Not just a country, one country yeah. against another country, but one world against another world. I mean, we're all on this planet together. Can't we figure out a little bit of, of graciousness and just try to speak kindly to one another? But he would say these words, have I done any good in the world today? Have I helped anyone in need? Have I cheered up the sad or made someone feel glad? When they needed my help, was I there? Then wake up and do something more than dream of your mansions above. Doing good is a pleasure, a joy beyond measure, a blessing of duty and love. So I, I think about those words and, you know, have I done any good in the world today? Have I helped anyone? Um, you know, I, I think if, if everybody just in their own micro, in their own world could make their world a little bit better place within their family or within their, or their own relationships, 
we can stem this tide. You know, Gandhi, I think, is who, who was that said, don't ever believe that a handful of people can't change the world because, in fact, it's the only thing that ever has. Mm -hmm. You can look at the power of a couple of people and how they can completely change society. Let's do that in a positive direction, you know. Um, I still believe in the goodness of, of humanity. And I also think we ought to turn off the TV once in a while and oh, yeah. quit listening to the negativity because, like, you turn on the TV and you're convinced everybody in the world has an agenda and it's not good, right? Yeah. I have a 14-year-old daughter and we were talking because, you know, in her age group and or that, like, young millennial slash Gen Z uh, group, there's you hear about all these suicides, right? Like, every other week there's a right. suicide. And so... And I read one stat buried in Twitter one day, and it was like, for every suicide we hear about, there are eight that are prevented through services, you know, through the, going into counseling, through all these different things. We don't hear about the eight. We like we amplify the one uh, and not to, you know, not to, to veer off too far. But I, I do think it's we can we can tell a different story if we so choose. And you can look for it's harder to find. But there's a lot more great things happening in the world than we sometimes acknowledge. Man, and facts matter, yep. you know, and what, what is it about human nature that we want to, you know, we slow down to see a wreck, you know, and all of a sudden now traffic is backed up 10 miles. <laughs> but but, you know, we don't slow down to see an act of kindness. Um, I don't know what the suicide rates are compared to what they were 10 years ago. I wouldn't be surprised if they're about the same. Yeah. You know, but we just don't hear that, you know, because of the fascination of maybe clicks or selling, selling a news or whatever. But man, so, I would, I, 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 and that's why Chris, yeah. what you're doing, you know, you're making a difference. You talk to people who are out there in the world doing the best they can to try to make a difference. So to hear the number of followers you have, that's very encouraging for me. I want to thank you for the good that you're doing hey. in your corner of the world that's now being broadcast in a lot of places Dude, okay, just two microphones and two two guys sitting down talk, that's talk. good you're making a difference um so all this stuff sounds great right the 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 um the heartfulness and the mindfulness that goes into it from a practical standpoint how does that play out like you know if if i went to a meeting at viseo you yeah. know where does all this uh dallin larson philosophy show up in a practical sense Oh, well, hopefully it's permeated throughout the organization, the things that I believe and talk about. Um, and I was when I was, I think, 15, I became an Eagle Scout <laughs> so I could get a trip to Disneyland. That's the only reason I did it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but I but I learned some things in that process. I, I learned that a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean and reverent. And I try to live my life that way. But look, I'm far from a perfect human being. I've made my man. I've I got in this industry. I went through a divorce. Um, life happens, you know. I mean, I was younger. I think maybe all of us we had a, a view of what our life was going to look like. I want to meet that person who gets to eight and says, "Yeah, it turned out exactly as I envisioned." It. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've got vision, but my but it didn't turn out. It didn't turn out exactly how I thought. In fact, it didn't turn out at all. Right? How my life, how I envisioned it, really, but. But I guess there's another thing there that you realize, hey, um, okay, I'm going to adjust. One of the things I say on leadership is, is I was always taught that leaders never quit. That's not my life experience. My life experience is that leaders um, never quit on themselves. They quit on things. And if you're doing something that's, no, that's not serving you any longer, it's okay yeah. to adjust. And make those adjustments in life. But, um, yeah, hopefully the things that I, 
this this business has allowed me a platform to stand up and speak into people's lives all over the world. And I have done that for the last 30 years, speaking to people all over. Here's here's one thing I would share that is that that is more my heart, perhaps more than anything else. Um, wherever I go, we talk about giving back to people who can't do for themselves. Yeah. Whether that's the children in Africa with water, whether in in the in you know from 2005 to or 95 to 2005, we talk about uh, Brazil and helping the favelas and the the, the throwaway kids in Brazil. Um, my life is so rich, been so richly blessed by going to some of these countries where people don't have much. And this is what my experience is. There's no correlation between wealth and money and happiness. Yeah. Um, some of these children that have nothing were among the happiest people I've ever met in my life. I mean, had nothing as far as material possessions. They don't have shoes. They've got 18 flies on their face at one time, and they're smiling, bigger than a lot of the kids in America smile. So no correlation, really, in my experience between happiness and financial possessions. Um, no, it's absolutely true. I, I had a chance to uh, interview Damon John from Shark Tank, and um, he's part of the President's Ambassadors for Global Entrepreneurship, the PAGE program. And so he basically like the Avengers, like him, Daniel Lubezki, the CEO of Kind, and you know, mm. much about they would be deployed around the world to teach entrepreneurship. And as much as he goes there to, you know, stand on a podium or sit with a group of people, I was like, what do you get out of it? And he told this, like, almost uh, teared up. And I'm a pretty tough guy. I have tattoos and everything. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but no, he said this kid came up to him, like, hugged and was joking. They were laughing, and blah, blah, blah. And then the kid walked off and um, uh, someone told him that that boy's parents had just been blown up the day before. And he was just like to put oh, that man. sort of emotional fortitude, I guess, in light and the things that we so tend to complain about or go through on a day to day basis. Um, it's, you know, it's affirming in, mm. in a lot of ways or reaffirming for for some. Um, you talk a lot about your parents. Uh, there's a quote that I love. You have kids. Yes. Yes. Um, there's a quote that I love is that uh, we try so hard to give our kids what we didn't get that we forget to give them what we did get. You know, these life lessons and these kinds of things, you know, what else, what sort of other analog, I guess, behaviors and philosophies are you trying to instill in whether you want to call it metaphorically call your children, your businesses or, you know, realistically, the, the children that you have in the world? Well, you know, I, I I was planted on rich soil with my parents. I mean, how many how many how many people can say that their parents were married 62 years, had 10 children, 59 grandchildren, 140 great grandchildren? My mom's still alive. She's 87. She's got cancer right now. But, you know, even with even with some cancer and at the age of she hasn't done it for the last six months, but she would get up every morning and go around her neighborhood at 86 years old, and pick up the newspapers out by the street and put them on the front doorstep of every one of her neighbors so they wouldn't have to do it. Um, that's someone who. Who lives to to try to do good in the world, to make a small difference in someone's life. Those things, when you can observe that in your parents, then I would rather see a, a sermon than hear a sermon. Um, and I've seen a sermon, so many sermons, that, with the way that my mother has lived her life. And my dad, when I'd get up at those, on those summer mornings at 4 o'clock to that alarm clock, walk upstairs about 4.15 in the morning, guess what I'd see? I'd see my dad in his lazy boy recliner 
he would have already started a fire and he was sitting in his chair reading his Bible. And not one time over three years in the summer mornings that I would get up and walk up those stairs dreading to go up in those potato fields did my dad ever say to me, Dallin, you ought to pick this book up and become familiar with it. Never once. So I learned that, man, it's a lot more powerful than I'd rather, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one. Yeah. And I don't know if that had anything to do with what your question was. It's, it's where you went with it. It didn't. No, I'm kidding. It was, <laughs> it was fine. But those are the things that, that shape you, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe there's four or five people in your life that shape you, that, that help you become the person you are and, and shape your values and your principles. And what are you willing to, to lay down your life for? If is there is there anything you're willing to lay down your life for? And, yeah, I had a friend uh, who's a, a guest in the show named Rochelle Parham, and um, the one thing that I love for and I, I love I get to use this show as almost like a cheat code for, for life and business sometimes. But she's like, I have a personal advisory board, and you know she has a business advisory board. She's a venture capitalist and mm-hmm. you know does all these things, but she has a network of about eight people that she signed contracts with and have known her either since childhood or family members or just friends from the gym, mm-hmm. you know. And it's that same level of sort of life accountability, and so it's it, but kind of painting herself into a corner where she has to receive that feedback and, and, and do something about it. So, um, so yeah, I, I applaud you for that. The one thing that stands out to me about you is, uh, an impeccable memory. Um, <laughs> like all these deep, like the lazy boy, I can't tell you what our couch was at home when yeah. I was 13 years old. Um, what others, what's your, what, what is your superpower? <laughs> you know, when you when Dallin walks into a room and it's time it's showtime, you know, what is the one thing that team can always rely on you for? Well, I guess I'm I realize my weaknesses. Uh, I'm I'm a lot. I come a lot more from from my heart than I do my head. And I just try to be real with people. And I am who I am. Warts and all. I love people. And I guess that's probably served me well is that I truly love people and I want them to win. There's not a person on the planet that I have ill will towards. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And really, when I talk about intention, um, you know, my intention for why I'm starting this at 60 and is, like I said, I want to bless a million lives. I want to do something significant for the rest of my life and I've had an amazing life. I think it was Jack Buck with the Cardinals. He was the announcer, one of the great baseball announcers, along with Vince Scully and Harry Carey. But he said at, at his uh, funeral, he had written something, and something along the lines that some people say that you can live more than once. If that's the case, I want to come back and live my life, the same life. And that's I feel the same way. I've, Man, for a kid that grew up in Idaho that barely graduated from college that or high school, that got punched in the face by his high school principal, who was told he would never graduate from high school by his coach, Wait, why did your principal punch you in the face? You don't want to. <laughs> I didn't deserve it. Okay. My parents thought yeah. I did. You know, he'd be thrown in jail today, you know, but my parents applauded him and said, why didn't you hit him twice? <laughs> so, anyway. There's an unfond memory of your parents. All right, got, <laughs> yeah. I got one. I was waiting for they one. They didn't really say that. I'm sorry, mom and dad. No, they didn't kidding. really say that. They, probably they get a 98 would. now. <laughs> so, um, but for, to, from where I came from, to be able to, to, to travel the world and to experience what I've experienced, to, to stand on a stage in Tokyo, Japan, talking about children in favelas and to watch and, and for people to say to me, all oh, the Japanese, they're not givers. They're not going to they're not going to uh, contribute to kids they'll never meet and to see 10,000 people leave their seats 
and to come up and give to children they'll never meet. And I've that's been my life experience all over the world. That right. People are a lot more in common than they have differences. Everyone, my experience is they everyone wants to be part of something bigger than themselves. Yep. They want to be part of a community uh, and a tribe where they feel supported, valued, appreciated. And that's what I love about about what I do. So I've been I've been incredibly blessed, and um, I try to lead from the heart. I surround myself with people smarter than me. I try to apologize when I make mistakes. I mess really messed up on that. I find that people are really they pull for you when you're honest, and when they when you're vulnerable. I would encourage people to be more vulnerable, yeah, and more authentic. And don't try to put on airs, and, and people will follow someone like that. Well, I think that's the innovator's journey, right, is like when you cast that vision, there's a lot of things you don't know. There's going to be somebody. Right. I mean, even when you're talking about the legality, you know, your legal advisory board member, I mean, as this becomes legal in other territories, the the laws are going to be, you know, just like those sorts of unknowns. You just never know what you're going to enter. So. Whoever, I, I do a lot of work and help companies brainstorming things. And like one of my rules, I always say, like, you're not here to provide an answer. We all walk into a brainstorm like, all right, I got yeah, my contribution. Right. I got it. Right. But like, say the dumb thing. Let that be on the wall. And then later <laughs> on, half hour later, that's connected to some other weird concept. Somebody else said right. later on, you're there to participate not to have all the answers. And I think it's the same sort of, it sounds like a lot of the life philosophy. I just think life is about, like, I think you, you mentioned Steve Jobs. I mean, look, do you think Steve Jobs realized where Apple would be today? He started a company and it evolved. Humans evolve, companies evolve, families evolve. And you either stay stuck or you try things and you take the good and you throw away the stuff that didn't work and you continue to evolve. And that's, so yeah, what's Paseo going to look like five years from now? I'm not sure. But but I, I, I know this, that I'm going to stay open and willing to listen to ideas and evolve and change where necessary. So Yeah, I can't wait to hear the new acronym. <laughs> yeah. <of five years. laughs> um, as we wind down, uh, the show is called Innovation Crush. You, you, know, you, you seem well-traveled and well-informed. You talked a little bit about AI and social media and culinary and potatoes. Um, what, <laughs> hey, if you haven't had a potato today, it's a really good vegetable. You know? I have french fries. So, there you go. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. The whole gem state appreciates that. I was wondering how many of my fries actually come from one potato. You know, like I, there should, I think there's probably like probably some all of them. quantum probably mechanics all of formula them. around that you can calculate that. Um, <laughs> which is outside my realm. I also that's got, a, how, I got over my pay grade, on my, Chris. On my SAT. You did not. No, um, <laughs> no you so, probably got like 30 on your ACT or something. I, I think I like did a you take an SAT or an ACT? ACT? Yeah, I took the ACT. Yeah. So yes. you were like. 26 yeah somewhere around that's I pretty impressive like, is it i yeah, can't remember like, like, it's I, only twice what i got i was like a 3.1 wow like great point average where'd you grow up detroit in detroit yeah um, bad boys pistons that, during that era man i met dennis robin in the parking lot of tell 12 mall when he still had like regular colored hair <laughs> and no piercing he's an enforcer man you gotta give it to <laughs> oh him. you know he's great um isaiah thomas also well great. i grew up i mean come on carl malone john stockton you know yeah no that we would have won two good world championships if it wasn't for michael you know there's always one. There's always one. There's always, there's there's one. always a reason. Yes, always somebody in the way. <laughs> um, I'm curious as to what you currently have an innovation crush on. What have you seen in the world that you're like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Uh, you know, or it could be a technological experience, a museum, a culinary thing, a philosophy. I don't know. Just what uh, what have you seen that you personally have a crush on? Well, I was in St. Petersburg a month ago and went to the Hermitage Museum. It's the lar- it's the second largest. Uh, 
over three million pieces of art next to the Louvre. It's number two. Um, I, I would just say that's an amazing world out there. Get out and explore it and discover it. We all seem to live in this, in our cubicles and in our, you know, within a couple miles from where we live. I'd encourage people to just travel more. Um, I think the greatest education you can give to a child is to get out and see the world. I think artificial intelligence is going to, I think the next 10 years, I don't know, maybe not the next, my kids, my, my youngest kids are in the eighth and ninth grade. I don't know if my eighth grader will ever drive a car, right? I mean, yeah. he's going to turn it on. He's going to put in a few coordinates and. Alexa. Yeah, drive this Take car to to, uh, to Pomona, California, or whatever, right? So it's an exciting time, but even with all of these changes, I just want to encourage all of us to 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 really not lose sight of the things that matter most. Yeah, and to me, those are relationships, and uh, and value those relationships. Um, this is the last thing I'd want to I'd want to say why I'm doing this because I said intention. I haven't and I haven't said this that like I'm a I'm a pretty simple guy. Maybe some people will call me naive, whatever, but I'm, I'm, I'm naive enough to, to believe that all of us have a spark of the divine inside of us, that we were, des that we were designed by the great designer. And, um, Ralph Lauren? <laughs> no. Even greater than Ralph Lauren. <laughs> what? And one okay. day when I pass and my eyes close and, and, I, and I believe that they'll open again, I just want to hear Dallin, well done. That's why I started this company. I didn't want to just finish off my life feeling like I was living for myself. I want to, I want to help as many people as I can and make a difference. That's great. I love legacy. I'm just, I'm just, I love legacy and I want to do something that outlives me. Yeah. You're well on your way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when you, uh, one thing that stood out to me when you say travel, I think there, there are groups of people who will say it's easy for you to say, Right. If, yeah. You, you got you got money. You got you have a company. You have et cetera, et cetera. You know, for that person that is in the cubicle and then has to go home and, and do those things. I, I look at it. Here's what you need to do. If you want, if you expect different, if, if you want the same results, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. If you want a different result, then you better get out of your box. Yeah. And surround yourself with some people who have some things that you don't have, and ask one of them to mentor you. And look. You got to look at who you're spending your time with and what are you doing through time. And, and I've met so many people say, I don't have time for that. And yet yeah. they're turning on The Bachelor, right? Or whatever. Now turn off the TV once in a while and, and start doing something to change your life. Nobody gave me anything. Nobody's ever given me a dime financially. Um, my, parent, I, my, my dad co-signed on a business at 21 years old. And I, it was, you know, I paid that back. So he did help me on a co-signature. But I've worked. I've worked hard, and and it took decades. And twelve, you know, people say, "Man, what a what a miserable failure he was." Twelve different careers, you know, he failed at. No, I didn't fail. I learned some things. Um, so you want some things different? I still believe in the dream of this country that that there's possibilities out there because I'm seeing it every day. I mean, I see people making an extra hundred dollars a week, five hundred a week, thousand a week. Our top check has been seventy grand a week already within two years of this company. So that's what's possible if people are willing to go out and dream a little bit and put some action behind yeah. that vision. A lot of people dream and they have a vision, but they forget the action part. Absolutely. In the Bible, it's not called a book of thoughts. It's called a book of acts. <laughs> life is about acting. <laughs> yes, exactly. You got to vision it and then you got to go act upon that vision if you want anything in your life to change. Love it. Uh, last but not least. Yeah. You calm, you calm down yet? You, you got pumped. I was getting excited. You got pumped. I was, was going to scoot over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Hey, I didn't even see those. Anyway, so the audience is going to be like, what are you talking about, Chris? <laughs> Complete this phrase for me. Innovation to me is. Innovation to me is getting out of the box, staying open to possibilities that others are going to say that's impossible. Well stated. All right. Um, shameless you're going to ask me what my favorite place in the world is? Oh, the yes. What's your, besides here right now, uh, what is your favorite place in the world? I would say, I don't have just one, but I grew up in the mountains, and I love uh, Bavaria, Germany, and I love the Jungfrau region of Switzerland. And I'll have to say Santorini, Greece has perhaps the greatest sunsets in the world. Rick Ross has a song called Santorini, Greece. Oh, really? Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Some beautiful places. <laughs> some beautiful places in the world. Yeah, that is true. I think. I mean, you're, what I was going to say about the travel piece. I think sometimes I almost make that a parallel with curiosity, right? Just exploring the, the idea of exploration and getting outside your vantage point. You know, it might not necessarily be a physical like it get changes on a plane, your perspective go somewhere. completely. Yeah, and as you know, we live in a time where there's so much information that travels. You know, you can find out about anything at any given time and discover a passion and and do those things. So traveling can also just be like, you know, getting outside your your bubble. You know, um, but time for some shameless plugs. Where can people go to find out more about you or and yeah. um, say yo? Go to the post office. Look for the guy's a picture on the wall. No, I'm just kidding. Post office. <laughs> Viseo.com, I guess, right? <laughs> Viseo.com. Um, yeah, that's where they can learn about the company. That's what I would say. All right. Well, uh, thank you to the studio audience. Yay. Chris, you've been great. Woo. It's been great to, great to spend some time with you. Pre again, appreciate all the good that you're doing in the world. Same here. No, thank you. Glad you made the time. Nice to see a couple ball guys working together. Uh, that is it. That is it. We should form a, like a little music, not every, music duo. Not you guys you still play success. guitar? Was it yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't have any musical talent, but I'll, I'll figure one out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that everybody that you have to be bald to be successful, but it doesn't hurt. Lex Luthor. I mean, you, it's a pretty long list of bald, successful men. <laughs> Women, not so much. No. Um, but anyway, everyone, this has been another installment of Innovation Crush. Thank you, Dallin Larson, for joining us, and we will talk to you next time.